grab a Bible and turn with me to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. While you're doing so, once again, let me say uh, welcome. If you're a guest, we are so glad that you are here uh, with us this afternoon. Um, this week and next week are special weeks for a number of reasons. Uh, if you're not familiar uh, to New Hope, let me kind of share with you what we call our Vision Cube. Our Vision Cube just is a tool that helps remind us of some values and some things that are important to us. Um, and one of our values is reproducing leaders, which we define this way. At New Hope, we proactively develop others to competently fulfill their kingdom call. We believe that uh, all of us, every single Christian, uh, has a role to play in honoring God with their lives and advancing the kingdom of God through the Great Commission. We believe every believer has that. And so one of the things that we feel that is the role of the church and the role of us as leaders is to come alongside and help you be prepared to fulfill that call. Well, this week and next week, we have the opportunity uh, to do three things all around reproducing leaders and expressing this value. One, this week, we have the privilege of ordaining six deacons, which we're really excited about. We'll spend some time talking about that. Then next week, as in a form of announcement, I want to remind you uh, that you are invited to the two o'clock service that is hosted by Doxa Church. It's a... a congregation that we are their sending church. They are being launched in May into Manhattan um, to kind of officially kind of launch out as a congregation. I want to invite you all next week to come, and we're going to pray over them and send them out at two o'clock. So we get to celebrate the sending out of a group of people. And then at four o'clock next week, we have the privilege of ordaining Brian Whitaker into pastoral ministry. And so this week and next week is an opportunity that we get to celebrate what God's doing in others, what God's doing through others, and the fulfillment of what is important to us, the importance of reproducing leaders. And so glad that you're here with us this week. Come back next week as we continue uh, to just celebrate what God is doing. This week as we talk about deacons, what I'd like to do, kind of here's the outline, if you will, the flow of today's service, is I'm going to briefly unpack Acts chapter 6. It's, there's one of many texts that could have been chosen to talk about deacons. I chose Acts chapter 6. We'll unpack it. That'll kind of set the stage so we understand what the role of a deacon is, who deacons are within the church. It'll also serve as a charge to those six deacons that are being ordained. And then after that, I'm going to invite Renee up, our director of deacons. He's going to then invite each of those uh, six people being ordained and their spouse to come up here. Then we're going to spend a time and I'm going to guide us through a season of prayer over them. I'll explain all that and that will uh, kind of serve as uh, our ordination service. And then there's cake and refreshments afterwards where we want to invite you all to. But first, let us allow ourselves to be grounded in the Word of God. So Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. It'll be on the screen, but let me encourage you to turn to your Bibles. If you're there, would you simply say amen? Acts 6, 1. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. 
Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to the prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, Timon, Permenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. If you're taking notes, let me encourage you. Here's kind of the main point of today's sermon. Just the goal of the charge, if you will, in today's sermon is this. Deacons are essential to the ministry of the local church. It's real simple. But deacons are essential to the ministry of the local church. I want to take a few minutes and try to defend that assertion with Scripture and unpack these texts. So first, let me just ask the question, why are deacons important? If we're going to say deacons are essential to the ministry of the local church, church, I want you to see why deacons are important within this local church. Why are they important to you? How is their service to you, a ministry to you, a ministry to the church, and ultimately unto Christ and his kingdom? Why are deacons important? Look with me in verse 1. It says, now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number. We'll come back to that, but it's going to set really the whole paradigm for the emphasis of essentialness. But we'll come back to that towards the end. But it says, now in these days the disciples were increasing in number. And a complaint by the Hellenists, right? These are Greek-speaking Jews. So these are uh, often those that are still Jewish within the uh, body, if you will. But they are um, not as... They're seen potentially not as devout, not a part of maybe that inner circle. But nonetheless, there is some kind of separation. But there was a complaint among the Hellenists that rose against the Hebrews, which would be uh, Hebrew or Aramaic-speaking Jews, because their widows, that is the Hellenists, were being neglected in the daily distribution. So here's a problem. The church has a need. Some people's needs are being met, and others are not. And so a complaint came about. Well, leadership's very sensitive to that. So verse 2, And the twelve summoned the full number of disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up the preaching of the word of God to serve tables. Now, there had to be a discussion, because this is now the conclusion, where they're now speaking to the rest of the disciples, the church, if you will, and they're giving the conclusion. But there had to be a moment prior to this where the apostles, the twelve, came together and they asked what any good leadership team would. What are we to do? And in that conversation, they came to the conclusion, well, if we, the twelve, if we, the apostles, we who are seen as, if you will, elders or pastors, for the sake of our understanding of how, how the church has formed in today, if we, as the pastors, who are primarily responsible for the teaching evangelism of the word of God and prayer, if we go and meet those needs, we all have limited time within our day. We have 24 hours, each and every one of us. We all have a certain amount of margin. And if we were to go and meet these needs, we would be neglecting something very important over here. So they 
came to the simple conclusion. We need more leaders. It's that simple. We need people who are going to come alongside and help us. Because we have grown to a point that we, as the 12, cannot continue on what we feel God has clearly said, which is most important, to go and make disciples, preach the gospel, continue to teach the word of God, to evangelize, plant churches. But if we were to stop doing those things in order to meet the needs, we've got a problem. And so they came to the conclusion that we need other help. And so why are deacons important? Here's kind of point number one. Deacons support the ministry of the word and the pastors. They support the ministry of the word and the pastors. Now, we're, if you keep reading from Acts 6 into Acts 7, you're going to see a deacon go and preach a great sermon. So deacons are very much ministers of the word as well. It is not necessarily that pastors do the ministry of the word and deacons serve tables and there's not a mix. Very much so. Pastors will serve and meet the needs and at times deacons teach. But the primary focus and distribution is that the pastors, the 12 here, will continue the ministry of the word and therefore the deacons will come alongside and serve the tables. And by doing so, they're supporting the ministry of the word. And this is important because I want I want you to understand something. Sometimes I get this statement by people or other leaders in the church, and it's a very humble statement, but I also want to encourage them. But the statement often goes like this. Oh, but, but, but pastor, you're, you're the preacher and the teacher. I, I, I have no role in that. That's not something God's gifted me to do. That's fine. But what they're doing in the moment, what they're kind of saying is, is I, I'm not as important or, or, or I'm not as helpful in the teaching of Scripture and I want to say, here's, here's a beautiful picture, that whether you're up here preaching or not, deacons specifically, because that's the context in which we're talking, by you serving and meeting the needs of the congregation, which then allows me to focus on making sure I'm prepared to be faithfully exegete and expound and deliver God's word, you are very much a part of the delivery of God's faithful message week in and week out. You may not be the one here talking because you get really nervous or you just don't, don't. But I want you to see that while you're serving and at times you're visiting hospitals, which frees me up to do other things, specifically the ministry of the word and prayer, you're very much lifting up. You're a pillar to the faithfulness and the center of God's word. Once again, I mentioned this at the beginning of service, but our first value We've said as reading scripture at New Hope, we consistently turn to the Bible as our ultimate guide for life and truth. The Bible is at the center of our authority and guidance within us as Christians and as a church. And that means that my primary role as your pastor is to faithfully prepare and deliver God's word. Not just on Sunday, but when y'all ask questions in emails and we sit over coffee. It is my responsibility to open God's word to you. And deacons, even though that may not be your primary responsibility, but every time you serve in a capacity A, which then allows me to turn around and teach and deliver God's word, you have a major role in the faithfulness of God's word being delivered in this congregation, in this community. I need you to see, even if you're not the one preaching, your role as deacons, primarily in Acts chapter 6, is so that Peter and John and others who were faithful to give us the scriptures had time to give us the scriptures. 
because you were there serving in such a capacity that allowed them to continue to do so. So I need you to see that I could not do what I do if you deacons did not do what you do. I need you to see that you are vital and you are essential to support the ministry of the word of prayer, of preaching, and of the pastors. So why are deacons important and why are they essential to the ministry of the local church? Because it allows the word of God to continue to be primary in the preaching and teaching of pastors, which is absolutely essential. Second question, what do deacons do? Now, we could spend a lot of time talking about this, but let's just give the answer of the text. What do deacons do? Deacons serve the tangible needs of the church. Look at verse 2 again. Same statement coming from the 12. It is not right that we should give up the preaching of the word to what? To deaconing, to serving tables. Let's be clear. He does not say that it is bad to serve tables. He goes, no, it's so essential that tables be served, but I don't have time. We don't have time to do both. Therefore, we're going to focus on one and you're going to focus on other. Ministry of word and ministry of deed. As if not to say, once again, Acts 7 makes it clear that a deacon is preaching. So it's not to say that I as a pastor am not responsible at times for serving tables and vice versa. But it is to say that there's a clear job description and focus between these two roles. That I as a pastor and as an elder focus on the preaching of the word and prayer. The deacons step up and focus on the serving of tables, of meeting the tangible needs of the church. And as we all know, and you know personally, a lot of times the tangible needs of the church practically far outweigh even some of the theological teaching that is necessary within our congregation, which is to say we currently have two pastors and over 10 deacons. There's a lot more of tangible needs that are happening. And once again, Pastor Jay and I are involved in that, but our deacons serve in the leading out in the tangible needs of the church. For us, there's a lot of, every church kind of can set up deacons a little bit differently. Here's how we do it at New Hope, for those who are unfamiliar, is our deacons, as they meet the tangible needs, they do that by all of our deacons are given a deacon partner. So two, two deacons together serve over a group of members. And what they do is they contact those members, they love on those members, they encourage those members, and they find ways that they can serve those members. Those members know that their deacon is the first person in addition to the pastors that they can call if there is a need, whether it's a financial need, whether it's a physical need. Um, I often hear about needs in the church through our deacons because our deacons are living life with these group of people in such a way, in a smaller way to make sure everyone is cared for, all the needs are met. And our deacons know, and as you as members know, our deacons don't just meet tangible needs. They're they are leading out and praying with you. They are leading out and answering questions from the Bible with you. A lot of times those may get directed to me. A lot of times the deacons handle them. But we understand that for deacons here, they are in life to life with you all as we continue to try to meet needs that come your way. If you are here at New Hope and you didn't realize that there are deacons serving in that capacity, there is a deacon who has who is praying over you, who is caring for you alongside the pastors wanting to meet needs. 
They are here to serve you. They are called by God, commissioned by the church to serve you. So let them serve you. If there's ways that the church and deacons can serve you, please do not hesitate to do so. Third question, what are the qualifications of a deacon? There, uh, Titus, 1 Timothy lists out those qualifications, but it's summarized um, here in this text. We'll read it this way. Verse 3, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and wisdom. And we will point, this to, point them to this duty. What are the qualifications? Deacons are to be an example, set an example of the Christian life. They're specific, as I mentioned again, Titus, 1 Timothy, that lifts out specific ways to kind of unpack how do we know if they're setting an example and list out major examples of character in which a deacon is supposed to be set. But it's summarized simply as this, is that deacons are to set an example of the Christian life. Deacons are to model and to be someone that can be imitated. They are people who we see are faithful in the word of God, faithful indeed, of high character and competence to serve in the ministry of a deacon. They are spiritual leaders within the congregation to serve and to care for you. In the same way Paul would say to the churches, he would say to Timothy, he would say to others, Follow me as I follow Christ. In 1 Thessalonians, he commends them for imitating his faithfulness. In the same way that pastors are to set an example, deacons likewise are to set an example in the Christian life. They are that is a necessary qualification. So when we look at these deacons, because each of these deacons, as Paul would say, to test them. So every single one of these deacons have been a deacon in training for at least one year, some of which two or three years. And they, during that time, we've watched their character, we've watched how they've served, we've watched, we've trained, we've made sure they're ready for this call. And so therefore, when they are ordained and commissioned in this moment today, there is without a shadow of doubt from myself, from Pastor Jay, from Renee as the Director of Deacons, who all signed the ordination as the Ordination Council, along with the other deacons, that these men and women are ready to serve in this role. And then lastly, let me say this. Why are deacons essential to the ministry of the local church? Deacons are vital to the growth of the church. I said I would come back to verse 1. Verse 1, it says, Now in these days the disciples were increasing in number. The context for the multiplication of leaders, the addition of deacons, is the context of a church that is growing a church that is advancing, a church that is making disciples, preaching the gospel, people coming to know Christ. Verse 7, which serves as a bookmark to this whole passage, it starts with verse 1, ends with verse 7, saying the same thing, which means this is the context and the emphasis for this text. Verse 7, it says, And the word of God continue to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of priests became obedient to the faith. Why are deacons vital to the growth of the church? It's in the context of verse 1 and verse 7 of the church multiplying, growing, that we see deacons step in and serve. That if deacons were not appointed and then deacons didn't step up and serve, then it, the text is implying that the multiplication and the growth of the church would have been hindered. Therefore, for the advancement of God's kingdom to make disciples of all nations, 
It is necessary for deacons to serve in the role of deacons. It is necessary for churches to have deacons. It is absolutely necessary. So deacons, I want you to hear me say today that what you do as a deacon at New Hope Church is essential to the ministry of this local church. This is not just, well, I guess I'll be a deacon today. No, no, no. I believe that specifically elders and deacons are God-appointed roles, meaning that when we lay hands on you, that we as leadership are saying, we believe God has called you to this task. And God has appointed this task and role within the church for the advancement of his kingdom and is essential that you serve faithfully in this role. That is what we are saying. What you do is essential to the ministry of this local church, to the kingdom of God, and the advancement of God's glory to all nations. Never think that what you do is not a big deal. It is very much a big deal. Remember that when you get a phone call at two o'clock in the morning. Remember that when it gets difficult at times to serve. It is exhausting at times to serve. But remember the importance to the kingdom of God and the glory of God. Before we um, ordain the six deacons, we want to take an opportunity, uh, myself, Renee, Pastor Jay, and other leaders, to honor a deacon who has been serving as a deacon since 2006 in our church. So at this time, I want to invite Audrey Olson, if she would come join me. She has no idea she's being put on the spot today. Audrey, we love you, and you have, um, you have set an example for every one of those deacons that are about to be ordained and deacons that have come after you since your time as you began September 2006. Uh, you have loved well, you have cared well, and we just want to say thank you. You set an example for what we've talked about, and um, Scripture encourage us to give honor to our leaders, and you are a key leader that has faithfully served my family and this church family for many, many years. And so we just want to say we love you, and we're incredibly grateful for you. And here's just a way to say thank you and a small gift. We love you. We love you. Yeah. So grateful for you, Audrey, and I want to encourage the deacons that we're about to invite up here to uh, follow her example in the years to come. Okay, at this time, Renee, our director of deacons, is going to share a little bit about the gift that the deacons are receiving and invite them up, and then I'll explain how we're going to pray over them. Everyone, so we are really excited to bestow some wonderful gifts upon the deacons that are about to get ordained. Uh, in our packet, um, we have a Bible, um, for obvious reasons. Uh, we also, uh, modeling it, we have a Bible for obvious reasons. Uh, we have a certificate to you know, commemorate the day. And um, we have a towel 
So the towel is interesting because uh, it was actually also a gift that I received when I became an ordained deacon. And the reminder of the towel is meant, it, the, the towel is meant to remind you of um, when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, that very clear and beautiful example of servant leadership. So on those times when you're dealing with a really difficult moment or you're on a high, that towel will help you. Um, just remember that, you know, being a deacon, you're also walking in that example that Jesus said. So good example being a servant leader. So that's what it is. And uh, what I'll do is I'm going to call um, one by one the deacons being ordained. And you'll come up and um, you'll sit and then um, we'll do it one by one. So I'm going to start with uh, Mr. David John. Yeah. First, I want to say is, David, you're passionate. Um, the fire that ravaged your home years ago, that brought you to New Hope, I think it ignited something else inside of you. And when I see you, I always see someone who is able to take any circumstance and find a way to glorify God in it. Um, that's you. You're passionate. And I want you to know that. And I've seen you take that passion and apply it in your deaconing, the way you deacon your members faithfully. Um, it's a privilege for me to get to see you do that. And um, when I think of you as a deacon, there's a Bible verse I think about. And it's Colossians 3.17, and it says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thank you, David. All right. Up next is Jenna Nason. Yeah. And Jonathan, I don't know if you want to stand with her. It's up to I you. I will. Yeah. Okay. I'll move around. So Jenna, you are resourceful. In fact. You're one of the most resourceful people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, that's just the way I feel. Um, and truthfully, it's, you've just been a tremendous blessing to um, all the members you care for and to the deacon ministry and, and personally to me just because I can't imagine how many times you've helped me figure things out for deaconing. Um, Jonathan is truly blessed to have you um, as his wife, and we are blessed to have you in this church. Um, and when I think of the impact that you've had the verse that I come to is um, from Proverbs 31, 25 to 26, and it says, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Thank you. Up next, we have uh, Merlin and Nigel Simon. So my words for you all, uh, Merlin, for you up front, 
empathetic. Um, and Nigel, for you, uh, worshipful. And here's why. So Merlin, I think of you, and you are a great listener um, and a fantastic caregiver. And your compassionate heart, it just allows whoever speaks to you to just speak their mind and speak their heart. And you just provide pools of wisdom um, to all the members on your care. I know that. Um, and Nigel, you're truly a worshiper. Um, when I think of you, any conversations we have pertain to deaconing or just my life, you've often helped encourage me uh, to just focus somehow on worshiping God through it um, in whatever circumstance. And that's a gift. You are a true worshiper. Um, that's the heart of a true worshiper. And since both of you are this uh, wonderful couple, um, just an a good example of what marriage and family um, looks like as Christians, uh, I have a verse. The verses for you are combined. So they're from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 16. They say, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you will call in one body, and be thankful Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and administering one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Thank you. This is what I see with your family. Next, we have Param. Brittany, can you join Param as well? my word for you. I've seen your heart and the zeal that you have for God, the zeal that you have to pursue God and pursue the word of God. Um, and I've watched you grow exponentially since the time you've been baptized. Um, and I've seen you bring that zeal into not just your relationships, but into all the things that you do at New Hope. I'm including deaconing. And I'm grateful for the members that experience that under your care. I'm grateful for you. I'm just grateful to have witnessed it. And when I think of you, I think you'll like this one. Um, John 2.17 comes to mind. It says, his disciples remember that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. You know, and it was just this idea of Jesus didn't hesitate to allow his good zeal to do what he had to do in the house of God. And that's how I think of you. Um, you are full of that kind of zeal, Brown. And last, but certainly not least, Mr. Shamar Walters. Can you please come up?
come a little closer to you. All right. Shema. <laughs> All right. Shema, you are steadfast, my brother. Um, that's my word for you. Because over the years, I have watched you and experienced it for myself, just your dedication, your consistency, and your commitment to your friends, your relationships. And I've seen you extend that same care to the members um, assigned to you. And your unwavering deaconing um, can serve as an example to all the deacons here. Um, and it reminds me of the man in Psalm 1-3 that says, He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. That's you, Shema. And there's one word that I haven't actually mentioned for all the deacons up here. It applies to all these deacons and all the deacons who are already ordained as well. It's faithfulness. Everyone sits in here has been faithful in their duties, faithful in their tasks, faithful in serving us. So super grateful and thankful to be up here with you in this moment. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, deacons. The text says that they took these deacons and they laid hands on them. And that's a picture of ordination. And I mentioned it, but let me say it explicitly now, is that we feel that when we lay hands on you, we are confirming that God has called you to this. That this is a role that has been given to you and called by God that we feel from as we examined your life, as you have felt from the internal call that God's called you to this. And so when we lay hands on you, we are setting apart by saying we, we are confirming that God has already set you apart. And so see first and foremost that we uh, are just affirming what we believe and see God is doing. Um, Brittany is standing over her husband because deaconing is, he's being ordained, but it's very much at times he's going to be out of the house serving. And so we recognize the support of the spouse. And so I'm about to come and stand behind my wife during this prayer time. So here's what we'd like to do during this prayer time. I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Jay and other ordained deacons to come up in just a moment. And they are going to lay hands and pray on them. You will have a prompt on the screen. We want to encourage you to pray as well. We just don't have space for everybody to come through. Um, and so we want to ask you to just kind of pray through these uh, things and other things that are prompted maybe that come to mind from Scripture to pray over these deacons. But Pastor Jay, other deacons will go and pray just individually. I, because... Um, I'm first and foremost called to be a husband. I'm going to stand by my wife while everybody prays for her, and then I'm going to go through and pray, which means you're going to have to sit here a little bit longer, all right? But I need you to understand that I want to serve my wife in that role first, but then I want to serve. Then second, I'll serve as the pastor, and I'll come by, and I'll pray for each person, but I'll do that at the end. So music's going to be playing. I encourage you to just pray uh, as leaders are praying over these deacons. And then when we're done, Renee will close us in praying over the group. And then I will kind of wrap up service after that. Okay, amen.
We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is New Hope NYC. Our website is www.newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have 4 p.m. worship gatherings on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.